Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to White Rock United Methodist Church. I'm Reverend Phil Dickey, one of the pastors here at White Rock, and it's my joy to welcome you this morning. Uh, we're here with the Sunday sit-down. Uh, we do this every Sunday morning as an opportunity to gather together and, and collect ourselves before worship starts, and I have the privilege to get to interview one or two other people on a Sunday morning, and it just kind of gets us ready for worship and gets us centered around what's happening that day. Usually it ties pretty closely to what's happening in worship, and today specifically it ties very well. We are All Saints Sunday today, and if you don't know what All Saints Sunday is, We'll stick around. You're going to hear a whole lot about it over the next hour and a half, and we're going to celebrate the saints who have gone before us and the, entered into the great cloud of witness. And if you don't know what any of that means, that's okay. You're going to shortly. Uh, really what we're going to do is come together and, um, and celebrate the people that we've lost over this last year and maybe even more over the last year. Um, and, and we're going to do some unique things too and say we've lost more than just people in 2020. Um, we're going to definitely acknowledge those people um, and celebrate the lives and what they've meant to our, uh, our community, but also we're just going to look at uh, how this has been a year full of grief. And so uh, we have brought on Dr. Jenny Hughes. Jenny, thanks so much for being with us this morning. Thank you for having me. Jenny is on our leadership team uh, here at the church, and she is a good doctor, the, the right doctor here. Um, and I'm going to let you explain ex exactly what that means for you being a doctor, um, because I don't fully know. I know it's in psychology, <laughs> um, and that you have this lovely book here with you, too. And that makes me feel like it's really important, like okay. that you brought props for the, I did. the I sit down, prop. which I really appreciate. Really so. With that. Um, yeah, so, so Ginny, again, sits on our leadership team, and um, we, we turn to her often in times where we're figuring out grief and figuring out what do we do with a lot of the things that are happening in the world. And, and I, like I said, there's a whole lot happening in the world this year, right? And there's a lot to, to be mourning. Uh, there's a lot of grief that's happening. When we talked leading up to this, we talked about this idea of compounded grief and that there's just so many things happening. Um, All Saints Sunday, I'm learning, is a really important and special Sunday in this church. And so before we dive into all that, though, why don't you just you want to introduce yourself to the those who are joining us this morning and just kind of give us your yeah. background? Yeah, I can do that. So I'm a clinical psychologist, and um, I'm also a public health researcher, so I kind of wear slightly different hats in, okay. in the worlds in which I work. But um, coming to this conversation this morning, I'm also somebody who's experienced a really big loss um, fairly recently in my life, and um, this church actually really supported me through that. So my fiance, Christopher Bell, passed away back in June of 2019. And so this Sunday last year was so important yeah. for me and my family. And my family came, my friends came, and I got to light a candle to remember Chris. And so um, when you and Rebecca approached me about coming to be part of this this morning, I was really excited because I do think that this Sunday in this church is really a special Sunday. And um, so, yeah, I look forward today to seeing how we're able to do that and give some space to people to honor those that they've lost this year and sure. before this year as well. Um, yep. The prop that I brought yeah. is um, the book that we will be using for a class that we're starting this afternoon that I think you and I will talk about yeah. in a little bit. But um, this particular book is called Anxiety, The Missing Stage of Grief. Huh. And um, I know many people are familiar with the grief model, the yeah. Kubler-Ross model. You remember like that one? Five stages of grief. Five stages. Yeah. yeah. How many do you remember? I'll quick quiz you. Zero. I just remember that little <laughs> podcast on Brene Brown where there was a guy on there adding a sixth phase to yes, it. Yes, that's David Kessler. He yes. added meaning making that's as the right. sixth stage, and he worked with with Kubler Ross. So he, we like him. He, he yeah. that was a good, that was a I good one to add. I thought it was a fantastic add. podcast, yeah. and I thought this is really good stuff. But I honestly, you put me on the spot here, and I, I don't remember at what order they go in whatsoever. And no. I was going to look this up before we started, and clearly, no I did not. the order doesn't matter actually. Okay. So okay. that that's the beautiful part. Yeah. So Kubler Ross talked about. Um, 
let's see, denial, bargaining, anger, sadness, and um, acceptance as being like the five stages yep. of grief. Now, originally that was actually developed, so she's a physician, and she developed that to be the five stages of people who are dealing with their own pending death. Mm. So like getting a diagnosis where you found out you were going to die. Yeah. Those were the five stages people seem to go through. Then she found it was kind of helpful with thinking about grief too, and then it just exploded. Yeah. And um, our culture loves a model. <laughs> And totally. we love steps, and we love yeah. stages, and we like to check boxes, right? Sure. So it became very much treated as this like linear model that people go through and can kind of check the box and say, well, right now I'm in anger, so yeah. sadness is coming, you know. Um, it doesn't really work that way. And we found that really it's best thought of as those are some of the emotions that you go through with grief. I, yeah. David Kessler, who worked with her for a long time, added meaning-making. Right. Um, he lost his son and I think was able to kind of look at that literature in a fresh way and say, wow, there's another step here. And sure. so this book by Claire Bidwell-Smith, she's actually a, a licensed professional counselor and she has experienced a lot of loss in her personal mm -hmm. life and noted that anxiety was really the big emotion for her. Her mother passed away when she was 18 and she started having panic attacks. Huh. And um, so yeah, I, I really, I read this book not too long after Chris died, actually, it came out, and it so resonated with me because his death was a bit of a traumatic death, yeah. and that meant I had all these like trauma responses going on. I was really anxious and really jumpy, and um, I read this book right around when COVID happened, too, and I noticed that I was a little edgy, and I was a little jumpy, and everybody around me was a little edgy and a little jumpy. And <laughs> I have not experienced that at all I'm with sure anybody during this pandemic. And I'm yeah. sure nobody listening has, right? Right. And so I thought, you know, this book would be a really great one for us yeah. to dig into as, as a church and kind of think through how anxiety might relate to this sense of grief and loss that we have right now with all of the changes right. that have happened in our world. Um, so many changes. The, the definition of grief that I like the best is grief is experienced after the death of something. Mm. It doesn't have to be the death of a person. I think yeah. that's kind of the biggest representation we have of it and, and the most straightforward. But, but anything that is worth loving is worth grieving. Yeah. And so, you know, loving your job or loving your routine or loving yep. your school, you know, all the yeah. different things that have really changed for people you're gonna experience grief with that. And so mm -hmm. um, I think it's just important for us to stop and acknowledge that. So yeah. I look forward to the service today to hear how we'll do it. Yeah, so this idea of there's more things than just people that die, right? There's this idea, ideas that die and mm -hmm. realities and- um, Dreams that die. Yeah, all your, these things. You know, the business you started and, and the, you know. So back at the beginning of the pandemic, um, Neil and I, Neil Moser, who used to be on staff here, like we did a, a little interview with a, a rabbi and. Um, just a couple of various like faith leaders and stuff talking about this idea of compounded grief. Mm -hmm. And this is what we were seeing, right? Was that not only are we, are we mourning and are we grieving over the things that have been lost? And some of it is like our family members and our friends, people that have literally died from this. Um, but, but also all these other aspects of it. And then where we as faith communities typically step in with these rituals mm -hmm. and these acts that we do to try to help individuals and us as a community deal with this grief we're actually having to mourn the fact that we can't even do that either, right? Because we can't come into this space where we typically come together and walk down the aisle and light a candle like we do year after year after year. Yeah. And so it, I keep, and this idea of compounded grief, it's just so much more to deal with and to struggle with. And, and as much as I love, hate Zoom, you know, like it's just not the same as being able to hug my friend or my family member or whoever's just in a tough spot and like, or me, like, I just want to hug, you know? Like, yeah. I just want to hug somebody. Yeah. And so 
are you seeing more of this, this kind of like the effects of compounded grief being different than, than what it was before because we've lost a lot of these rituals and abilities to do this? Oh, I, I totally think so. And, I, you know, I, I spent a lot of time kind of in the grief world, both personally and as a professional now. Yeah. And as a professional kind of approach, we've tried to think through ways that people can create some of their own new rituals in this yeah. time. And um, so, you know, just even if you have like, a picture of the person that passed away and you light a candle every morning sure. for them. Or, um, I, I mean, I, I love the tradition of the ofrenda from Day of the Dead, where you sort of set up a space in your yeah. home at a particular time. And, and, you know, it has a lot of meaning behind it. I won't go into now, but that can be a nice way to, to do that. And, you know, it was great. I have a friend of mine who knows that I do that every year. And yeah. she left marigolds on my front porch Aww. yesterday with a little note just saying, this is for your friend. I was thinking of you. Mm. And if you could reflect on the people I've lost this year, too because she lost an uncle to COVID. And so I think connecting with people in the small ways yeah. we're able to and, and asking questions about your friend that's grieving, like what they are doing to try mm -hmm. to set up some way to remember that person. And then maybe there's a way you can participate in that ritual yeah. in a really sort of just non-intrusive caring way that is experienced as a hug. I mean, those marigolds were like a hug yesterday sure. from my friend. Oh, I love that. She can't Vir really hug me. <laughs> Almost like a virtual hug or a like, yeah, not a, not a physical a hug. Front but porch, front porch hug. Yeah, right. Bars, you know? I love that. But yeah. So I think finding, I, I think there's ways in community to do that. I think the church is always important in that. And yeah. um, I know here we've kind of had different ways to try to help people celebrate. I think today will be a good day of memory and celebration. But yeah, yeah trying to find some personal ways to do that. And there are some upsides to, to Zoom funerals and memorials. I mean, I know we all have Zoom fatigue, so it's hard to totally. really think about what that might be right now. But mm -hmm. people can join you from all over who right. may not have been able to be part of a celebration, right? Um, you may have more time for some like personal storytelling about the person you lost if yeah. people can really kind of get into that. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's some, there's some upsides to it. That's if we can stop already, and find them. Already making the positive out of a really terrible situation, right? Like, the, yeah. that, and that's what we have to do in the midst of this, right? If, I love the idea of creating new rituals. Um, th that's something I don't typically think about as an individual that I need to do a way better job of. Mm. Um, and actually, let's sit there for a second, because yeah. this class that we're doing, the, the, so you and Rebecca and uh -huh. Keith, right? The three yes. of you together, yeah. which what a powerhouse leadership team to just do this class together yeah. with. Um, and it's going to meet Sunday evenings. Mm -hmm. Sunday evenings at 4 to 5.30, and um, we start tonight. Just tonight, you come. You don't have to have a book. You don't yeah. have to done, have done anything, so we'll kind of orient you to the whole process tonight, but we're really going to walk through this book. We're also going to walk through, Keith is going to take us through some of the Psalms, and then Rebecca is going to take us through an experiential practice around this, and so, yes, it will involve some art. We'll talk more about that tonight, sure. but just some ways to really take what we're talking about and create maybe some ritual and sort of concretize some of these ideas for yourself. And um, so I think it's going to be really cool I love that word, for the concretize. next four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And I, what, I love that it's holistic too, right? You have the, like, you're bringing psychology to it. Keith's mm -hmm. going to be bringing scripture and the, not that you guys aren't all overlapping and all this right. stuff too, right? <laughs> but then Rebecca's so good with the arts and bringing in the various aspects of that too. So yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled that we're taking a holistic approach at this because it's so easy for us to get stuck in our heads or it's so easy for heart people to just get stuck in our heart, recognizing that they're always in conversation with one another. We have to embrace all aspects of yes. that if we really want to have all a holistic healing. Makes up your wise mind, right? Yeah. Like emotion mind, reasonable mind, yeah. And I think um, this class is not just for people that are going through grief in the more usual sense. Sure. So I think I want to encourage folks who've had any kind of loss um, to join. And again, loss can be a job, a job loss. <laughs> loss can be, yeah. a, a, you know, 
something else, like uh, you know, being upset that you don't get your routines. And a loss can be um, struggling with some of the loss that's around having like a problem with substance dependence. I mean, sure. There's all kinds of ways we can define this. With COVID, we've all had loss this year, so yeah. really, this class is for everybody. Sure. And um, I just want to encourage That's folks to join tonight. At least check it out tonight and see if it's something that could be for you. I love that. Let's. T can we talk a little bit about anxiety? Because that's the name of this book, and I'm real curious about anxiety. And yeah. I feel like, as I take a big you deep breath, breath here, yeah. <laughs> does the word I'm just practicing. bring up something for you? <laughs> um, I just again, we're in the middle of COVID. That yeah. creates anxiety. Um, there's people. Everybody knows somebody, right? Who's dealing with, uh, whether it's a friend or a family member or a friend of a family, whatever. Like that's yeah. dealing with COVID. Um, our kids are having, you know, all kinds of anxiety about not being able to go back or like we're here in Lakewood School District, our kids are only going to go half day right now. But like even the idea of our kids going, our kids going back full time in a week is bringing anxiety some pe to some people because now they're going to be in that space even longer. And right. so, like, there's just so much anxiety. And then, oh, on top of it, there's this election that's happening in two days, um, which is creating a whole lot of anxiety for a whole lot of people as well. Whether No matter what end of the spectrum you're on politically. There's just a lot of anxiety around it. Yeah. So I would love to hear like why this book, like what is it about this book that has been so helpful for you and where, where can it apply both for like the loss of a loved mm -hmm. one, the anticipated loss of a loved one, and then things like, you know, elections and like, yeah. I'm gonna say normal things. This doesn't feel normal at all. <laughs> right? No, it does not, it does not. But well, so this particular book is nice because it really just goes through the sort of psychological view of anxiety, right? Okay. And anxiety is this fear that's experienced sometimes in relation to something that's actually happening mm -hmm. and sometimes in relation to something that's anticipated or that we, we sort of think is going to happen, right? Yeah. And, um, and you know, I'm a psychologist, so I'm prone to say no, no emotion is entirely bad. Sure. Anxiety does like serve a Has function. Has a purpose, for right. Yeah, I mean, when it is something that's terrible that's happening, it, it will kind of induce that sort of fight or flight response right. that we've all heard of, right? And cortisol kicks up and does a lot of things in the body to help mm -hmm. us get away. Right. Um, I always joke with the teens that I work with, though, that like, the problem with our anxiety response in the body is that it's not exactly geared towards the kind of anxiety we deal with now. It's yeah. geared towards helping us like run from tigers and stuff. <laughs> right. 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 So like and, and even though 2020's been weird thus far. Running like hell from it's like I, I have not seen tigers <laughs> running around no. yet. No. We still have all. another two months to get through. But well, so. let's yeah. It, yep. it could happen, I suppose, but let's not put that out there. Sure. But I think, but so yeah, so like, you know, all of your like blood rushes to your extremities and you like to help you run like crazy or right. fight, right? And um, digestion kind of stops, which is why we all get stomach aches and we're anxious. And your blood is not rushing to the head to help you think clearly. It's rushing to just help you like get out of there. And mm. so all of the different things that happen, the heart racing, et cetera, those are all really adaptive responses yeah. to tiger anxiety but not to the kind we have. And yeah. so I think what we're seeing now with this like long-term anxiety we're all experiencing with COVID is that our systems are getting just so taxed mm. because cortisol being up that high for so long really has implications yeah. and it impacts your memory, your mm. concentration. You kind of feel this low level, level of fatigue all of the time. Yeah. Like that's kind of where we're all at. And I think yeah. it's really easy to get onto yourself and say like, oh, I'm just being lazy. I'm not being as disciplined as I should be in this new COVID world. Sure. I need to, you know, structure my home to work better from home and da da da, da. Mm. True. And <laughs> right. there is something biologically happening yeah. with all of us now. And so I, I think we're all prone to name anxiety when it's that like intense sort of panic attack feeling anxiety right. that you can kind of count on and name and say, okay, that happened because of X, Y, or Z. This sort of low level anxiety when there, is, there are threats there, but none of them are like tiger threats. Right. 
but our body still reacts that way. And so that's where anxiety around grief comes in too, right? Yeah. You suddenly lose somebody in your life and it's a reminder of a lot of things. One, that there's uncertainty in life. Right. Two, that we can't control everything as much as maybe we like to think we can. That's a hard one for a lot of people, right? That's it's hard for me. Yeah, yep. yeah. And then three, that, um, you know, we will all die and we don't really know when that's going to happen. Right. And so it makes sense when you think of those three things that that would kick up anxiety as being an emotion of grief as well. So sure. I think this book just does a really nice job of laying out in practical ways what that looks like. So can, can I take a moment of privilege here then and ask, in the midst of this anxiety and stuff, what are, what are things that you as a professional in this are really recommending for people to, you know, I, I'm a big advocate of, of meditation and I'm a big headspace person. And mm -hmm. so like some things that I've really learned or helped me differentiate is that I'm not my thoughts. I'm not my feelings, right? Like I can allow myself to kind of have outer body and, and note them and let them go, you know, there like by cloud in the sky. there they yeah. go, right? There's yeah. always the blue sky there, but there's a lot of stormy clouds sometimes, especially yes. lately. So what are some things that you recommend for people as they begin to acknowledge um, that they're feeling this anxiety? And again, it's not like there's a tiger in front of me, but there's, yeah. as we become more aware of it, what are some good practices? And I don't want you to give away the class tonight, right? Yeah. Like I want people to still no come and engage in that, but oh. I'm sure there's plenty here, there's right? There's plenty of material yeah. to talk about, yeah. No, I mean, I would say at the very basic, um, one, just regular self-care, like making sure you're eating healthy, you're going to sleep when you should and getting rest yeah. and just taking care of your body. That kind of keeps the system going in the background level, right? Um, and then exactly what you said, noticing your thoughts, having an awareness of your thoughts, yeah. recognizing a thought is just a thought is just a thought, right. right? It doesn't have to actually go with action unless you make it as such. Sure. And you also don't actually have to grab onto it and hold it unless you decide to. Yeah. And so mindfulness practice can very much help with that, learning how to kind of notice the thoughts and not get as attached to them. Right. We also know that just naming an emotion is a powerful thing and mm. actually can bring the emotion intensity down just by putting a label on it. Fascinating. So being a little more in tune with what your body feels like, like your body feelings and yeah. some of those signs of different emotions and then also noticing the thoughts. It's how you connect those things that you typically name an emotion. So taking the time to do that too. Exercise is always good for this. All of that stuff I talked about with cortisol and how Just it gets helps. your body revved up. Yeah. Exercise helps kind of burn some of that off a little bit, which can be really useful and makes your brain say, oh, maybe we're revved up because of exercise and not because of anxiety. So yeah. it helps with that kind of interpretation piece. Very cool. Yeah. That's good to know. Well, we have one more minute here. Is All there right. any like one minute, last minute thing that you wish everybody knew about either psychology or dealing with grief or dealing with loss That's or anxiety? A That's a big question. question. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> In one minute. In one minute. like. I mean, I think just with grief, let yourself move through it. Hmm. I think we try to avoid anything that's uncomfortable, especially feelings, and our society is set up to support that avoidance in so many right. ways. And um, that's, I think, the thing we've all learned in COVID is sometimes the world stops and we actually have to confront the feelings that we have. And yeah. with grief, we know that's really the only way to be able to, to move through is to, to be in it and yep. figure out how to take that person with you and hmm. put them in your life and in yourself in ways that can help you move through life in a sacred way. I love that. I'm not a psychologist by any means, but the, one of the things that I love about being a pastor is that we get to do that in community, you know, and you don't have to do this on your own. Yeah. And sometimes it feels so isolating, but the, the brilliance of community, and again, I know that's another thing that adds anxiety because we're, we're feeling isolated in the midst of this a lot, yeah. but you don't have to be isolated, right? That you can, 
you can lean on people and you need to lean on people to yes. get through this. So, yeah. well, thank you for sharing your wisdom with us today. Yeah, we really appreciate me. you and we appreciate your leadership on our church and especially leadership in this class too, because I, I think it's going to be so beneficial to, to a lot of us right now. So, okay. so thanks for joining us. Of course, for all of you, thanks for being here with us for the Sunday sit down. We'll be back in just a few minutes with worship. We'll begin. Um, so go grab your coffee, get it warmed up and be back here for worship in just a few minutes. Thanks for being here.